Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to Lifting Lessons at Lunch. It's so good to have you tuned in today. And my prayer is that you'll be encouraged as we continue in the area of music in the local church. Last week, we learned that as the Godhead exists in three, so does music. Music is created in the likeness of God. Music has three parts, the melody, the harmony, and the rhythm. We learned that God is our melody or our tune. In Exodus 15, 2, the Lord is my strength and song or tune. Jesus is our harmony of our song. Harmony also means the bringing together of two in agreement. Jesus Christ came so that we'd have peace with God. In doing so, there is now harmony between humanity and divinity. So you say, see, Jesus is our harmony. The Holy Spirit represents the rhythm or movement of our song throughout the Bible. We see how the Holy Spirit moved even from Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Today, let's look at the responsibility we have in music. In Psalm 96, 1, the Bible says, <clears throat> Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. You see, singing is a ministry that belongs to all the people of God. I know there are people who uh, have trouble participating when we sing because you feel like your voice isn't worthy. I read of a story of a man who approached his pastor and said, You haven't heard how poorly I sing. I know the Bible says make a joyful noise. He says, I got the noise part covered, but my singing sounds like an injured moose. The problem with this reasoning is that this particular man isn't singing for his pastor. He isn't singing for the people. He isn't singing for the minister of music. He sings for the pleasure of God, who accepts gifts based on the heart, not the craftsmanship. If you have a vocal range of one note, let me tell you, that note is more beautiful in the eyes of the Lord if it's offered up to Him in praise. I personally believe He hears it in perfect pitch. My oldest son, Ryan, was born with a hearing loss that causes him not to hear uh, pitches very well. Therefore, he's not very good at carrying a tune. But still, he is commanded to sing. And let me tell you, he does sing. Maybe not on the stage. Maybe not in the choir. But he is commanded to sing. As a child, he would grab his hymn book before bedtime. And he would go into his bedroom and would begin to sing songs of praises to God. To us, it would sound like a bunch of noise. But to God, it was a beautiful sound in the ears of the Lord. You may sound like an injured moose, but you know you're still commanded to sing praises unto God 
were to come before his presence with singing. In David Jeremiah's book, My Heart's Desire, he says the joyfulness of the joyful noise isn't determined by the social evaluation of your instrument, but by the divine evaluation of your heart. You see, true worship puts the song within you and leaves it in place throughout the week. The melody may be first heard in the full voice in the sanctuary of the church, but it lingers on as you move throughout your week. At work, at school, when you're exercising, when you're driving, when you're shopping. Have you noticed that? I believe that music reminds us that worship continues on throughout the week and not just on Sunday mornings. Why do we have music and singing in worship? First, music helps us proclaim who God is and what God has done. Throughout Scripture, and particularly in the book of Psalms, we see this affirmation that it is good to sing praises to God. The book of Psalms was actually the Jewish people's hymn book for the temple in Jerusalem. In Psalm 71, verses 14 through 19, But I will hope continually, and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I, have, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to every one that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? To God be the glory, great things he has done. In every revival or spiritual renewal, you will find fresh songs, new songs of praise being written and sung. It's been said that Martin Luther said that he accomplished more by setting all Germany singing than he did with his preaching. When Israel walked over the bed of the Red Sea and afterward witnessed the deliverance of God by drowning the Egyptians in the same place, they spontaneously composed a hymn to God. Exodus 15, 1-21 Moses closed his long ministry with a song in Deuteronomy 31. Jehoshaphat, the good king of Judah, defeated the enemy with song in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. In the word of God, we read the songs of David, the sons of Korah, the angel choir, the new song that even the angels won't be able to sing in Revelation 5, verse 9, and Revelation 14, 3. Also in the New Testament, we're, we're taught to sing with the Spirit,
and with understanding in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. We're to sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord in Colossians 3, 16. Isaiah said, The Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song, my tune. The singing of praise, praises and the use of music is forever entwined with worship. Throughout the Psalms, we have songs that declare who God is and what God has done. They celebrate God's faithfulness and remind us of who God is and what is true about God. That being said, we should be careful to not sing these songs flippantly. Songs are just not time fillers. We should really take the time to reflect on what we are singing. We should reflect and digest what we are singing so that when the song is over, we are different and something has changed. I have been given the honor of being the minister of music at Calvary Baptist Church. And I pleasure in that. And I look forward to every Sunday as we sing the songs of Zion. But folks, I want us to be a singing church. I want when, when people come in, they don't hear just the choir sing. They don't hear just special music or the piano playing. They hear our church corporately lift their praises to God. It ought to be loud in the church. We ought not to hold back anything when it's time for the church to sing. When you got the congregation singing, when you got when you got the choir singing, and it's all working together, it is some sound if we're giving it our all. So as we come to church on this coming Sunday morning, let's remember that. We're not just singing to fill time. So the ushers will have time to, to walk forward. We're singing to be a sweet sound in the ear of our Lord. And may that be 